This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. What's going on? Christoph Tramp here, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Today's episode, we're not going to be talking about learning. We're going to be talking about unlearning. So what's interesting about that topic, we spend our days and we're trying to learn new things and we've learned a lot of things. I mean, I always joke, why why should I let you pay me for my 15 minutes of time when it took me 10 years to learn that one thing? But anyway, uh, unlearning is an interesting topic. Daniel Murray, uh, he's marketing operations at Service Titan, a, a thought leader out there, former D1 athlete, just like myself. Um, and he was talking about how do you unlearn things and how important is that? Daniel, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Living the dream. Now, uh, you were at San Diego, right? Is that where it was? San Diego? So I started off um, at the University of Cincinnati for two years, played football there um, on a full scholarship. And then um, things happened and I transferred to the University of San Diego and ended my career there. Awesome. The University of Iowa and the Big Ten still got my jersey hanging behind me. If we do video, people can see that. Now, was it wasn't Chuck Long? He was not the coach when you were there, was he? Or was it? He was maybe Cincinnati. No, he State, wasn't. Um, we had at Cincinnati. We had um, we had Butch Jones, um, and then at um, University of San Diego, it was um, Dave, Coach Dave. Got it. Of course, Chuck Long, uh, all-time leading quarterback for the Hawkeyes in Iowa City. Well, anyway, Daniel, you, you kind of made the comment. I think it was on LinkedIn. You share a lot of good stuff on there. People can connect with you. LinkedIn.com forward slash IN forward slash Daniel hyphen Murray hyphen marketing. Uh, check him out there. But you were talking about unlearning. I mean, let's dive into that topic. What? Yeah, for me, what, um, what marketing is such an cha- ever-changing environment. And I feel like a lot of marketers get stuck in their old ways. Um, and some t- marketing is you got to continue on learn stuff you just learned yesterday. I feel like it's it's crazy since platforms are changing, um, technology is changing. Um, the only thing that really doesn't change that much is like human behavior. But everything else surrounding marketing, you have to continue on learn and relearn, um, in my opinion. So what are, I mean, I, I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, I actually just made the comment. I said, you know what, back in the day when I was talking about email marketing, you know what that meant? That meant you sign up for my newsletter. I'll send you an email every once in a while. And that's it. <laughs> right that we didn't know anything about cadences or 
personalization or whatever it might be, or subject line testing, that wasn't even a thing. Uh, but what are some other examples where um, unlearning is important? Or I, it's, I, I don't know if you, I'm just brainstorming out loud here, but it's unlearning, but it's also yes, evolving. I think unlearning right? has to do, for me guess. at least, having an open mind, right? Um, and willing to explore different views. I think a lot of times you get stuck in the existing views you have. And um, if you're not open, you can miss like some key points um, that other people are saying that will actually be fruitful for you, um, especially in marketing. Um, and that's how I see it. And how do you know what you got to learn next? I mean, I'm just thinking, uh, so every time I turn around and I got, you know, somebody talking to me about a new project and they say, have you used this or have you used that? And certainly there are some big players out there when it comes to technology. And I, you're probably not just referring to technology here. And please correct me if I'm wrong in, in a second. But, um, you know, when I was talking to, when Scott Brinker was on the show here, uh, if you guys want to listen to that on wherever you listen to podcasts, he talked about the exploding uh, landscape in marketing technology. And sometimes people come to me, Daniel, and I say, have you used this or have you used that? And sometimes they're very, they're sad that I hadn't even heard of a specific tool, but there's like mm -hmm. 8,000 tools. Yeah, <laughs> and know, I, I don't think- You like, can't know everything. I don't think, I think more on the side of, obviously there's all these technologies and even like the same technology, you have to, keep learning in that same technology. For example, like I started in marketing automation and I had a way different view of what, how I think of marketing automation now. Um, and there's all these new tools popping up, but at the end of the day, everything that every new tool that we buy at service Titan or any company I've been in is either to make marketing more efficient, but at the end of the day is how can we, um, support our audience better. Um, that's how I think of it. So like any tool that can help communicate our message and our value prop and help educate our audience. That's how I look at the tools that we're, we're go we're going after. Yeah, that, that truly make it easy. Right. And I'm, I'm a big fan of anything that tells me, uh, things about my prospects, right? I was just looking at one earlier, uh, and it and it tells me, you know, what did pe what websites, what pages on the website mm -hmm. did people uh, visit? What were they doing, right? So when sales follows up, it's a lot easier for them to have a good conversation, right? They're not just uh, shooting from the hip. Um, so certainly, certainly agree with you there. Uh, but but how? So you know, one term that we've thrown around on here is. Uh, we like to argue like we're right uh, and listen like we're wrong, you know, and, and some, some people don't like that. Some people don't like to have uh, a good discussion or a good collab, like uh, some collaborations, right? You really have to dig in and you have to build on each other. Uh, how do you, how do you do that? How, what, what tips do you have for people to truly be open to ideas and, and build on each yeah, other? Um, how, how one I think is there? following data and proof, like, for me, like if someone's going to come up to me with a new idea or something, if they could support it with data, then I'm all in for it. Um, if, it if it's just 
something out of the blue, then I'm still open to testing it. Um, so it's always, like I said at the beginning, I think it's all comes down to like keeping an open mind and respecting other people's opinions. Um, even if you disagree, because I think at the end of the day, um, you can always take a tidbit of what they're saying. And I think it also takes a little bit and we, every marketer knows this. It's, it's just being empathetic of what they're saying, like actually taking in the conversation, understanding their point of views, understanding how they think, understanding like why they came to that conclusion. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, that actually just reminds me, I'm going to see if I can pull it up here while, while I'm talking. Uh, I, there's plenty of tools out there that can help your team um, understand how each team member is wired. And, you know, even when you, when you, when I'm talking about the content performance culture, uh, of course, that book is available currently at the cheapest price ever available on Amazon. Um, you know, I'm talking about, I took the PI test, right? The predictive index. And it tells me, I'll just read it to you, Daniel. Christoph, uh, you're a maverick. Mavericks are out-of-the-box thinkers and tend to be undaunted by failure. They're natural-born leaders who challenge the status quo and prefer to do things their own way. Highlights innovative, goal-oriented, visionary, flexible. Um, so it's good for me to know what are my teammates, right? How, do they, how are they wired? How do they think? How do they work? Um, and then it doesn't mean everybody has to be... Um, Babying everybody, right? But you should be cognizant. How do you move? Yeah, that's funny because we and my company did something called the Discussion. If you heard of that, where it's kind of like it's kind of like they give they sign a bird to you, yep. um, and like there's a eagle, there's a parrot, there's an owl, there's a dove, and like like for example, I got I got eagle and parrot, but like I'm stronger with the eagle, which means that. I'm like more of a, a dominant figure uh, when, and I want to get results quickly um, and I'm competitive and I take risks, but I also have like the dove inside of me where I'm like confident and I inspire, uh, not the dove, the, the parrot where I confident and inspire, but like learning, it was funny to see that like when my hiring class was 20 people and there was like only two eagles and the rest were like doves and, owls and I was like you actually have to like think that everybody come approaches tasks differently everybody approaches how they work differently everybody com approaches communication differently especially this comes so important when it comes to um, how you're targeting your audience and actually deeply understanding who they are and how they make decisions and like how, what triggers them and what makes them happy and what are their pains? Um, so internally when you're working with people and also externally when you're dealing with your audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very interesting. So I've, yeah, I'm a big fan of those. They're, they're pretty accurate. And you know, what's interesting before we'll, I want to transition into um, old workflows in a second. Um, one thing that's interesting to me is um, to understand, so I'm very goal oriented, right? So like, what's the next goal? Oh, okay, we got it. What's the next one? Okay. Like, you know, there's not even any time to just like, 
sit down and have a beer and, you know, say cheers and congratulations to each other. And so I had to learn that over time, right? That some people don't appreciate that, that it's always go, go, go. You have to make sure you, you know, you celebrate. Uh, but I think one of the things that's super hard to unlearn, and I'll give you an example, is old workflows, right? This is how we've done it. This is how we do it. Uh, I think about, you know, I did a project not too long ago and they were still copying and pasting from Word documents into emails, like email templates, right? There was no automation at all. And that's, you know, we've done that 20 years ago, right? That's super old, quite frankly. And, but, but they had to update the workflow into automation for, for their email sequences. So how, how do you spot what workflow needs to be updated and how do you move forward into getting it updated and, and unlearning how it used to be done? I mean, that is actually important, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, back into I'll habits. say it from two sides, because it's funny you said that like the, our audience at Service Titan are like these plumbers and electricians who have done everything by like pen and paper. Like they keep their books by pen and paper. And they, they, a lot of them are still doing that. And we have to basically sell them on a software that they've never really been on computer to do everything, but it's all comes down to like showing them the, the end picture. So picturing like, what are you doing now? And picturing what is the future going to be like? Like if we implement this new process, right now this is how your workflow looks like but how is it going to make your life easier how are you going to like optimize your task how are you going to be able to do be able to go home and i think about that the same when i'm doing my task if a task makes my life easier or makes my team's life easier i'm open-minded to take that because i think like especially being in marketing operations where everything is like to make things more efficient I'm always looking and questioning, like, can we make this part more efficient? Can we make this part more efficient? And how do I go and sell it to the greater team of how I'm making it more efficient? Um, so I think it also is, like, always questioning, um, like, is this the best way to do it? Um, which is hard. Like you said, it's a hard concept to move, like, from one day writing on a piece of paper to um, now using Excel, now using a software, but I think it's taking those baby steps and learning and showing them what the future is and how it will better their lives. Um, I, yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's interesting mm -hmm. is you, you kind of have to see that there's a problem, right? And sometimes it's not even a problem. Maybe you can talk about that in a second, a little bit more. Like, how do you how do you catch that there is a problem? And I just thought about this. So as you were talking, I, I jotted down some ideas on where I've changed my own workflow and even my team's workflows. So, for example, I used to write on a computer, right, a desktop computer. I don't even have a desktop computer. I got a laptop sitting here with a big monitor, iPad on the side, iPhone on the other side, and it's all here. And when I blog today, right, when I'm writing for AuthenticStorytelling.net, I'm writing directly in the system, right? I don't, I'm not writing in a Word document. I'm not writing on a Google Doc. I'm writing directly in there. I'm adding links. I'm adding tweets. I'm adding whatever. Um, and so that's actually, that has made it easier, right? Because I've seen teams 
they write in a Word document, they ship it off, they email it back and forth. They got the wrong version. There's 59 versions flying around. That's a whole different topic. And then somebody copies and pastes, right? It's just a, a tremendous waste of time. Um, and then the other one that came to my mind is, I mean, well, all the podcasts go on all the channels, right? Pandora, Apple, Google, Spotify, et cetera. And, um, and then I sometimes turn them into articles, right? And it's just, it has become easier, right? Because I, inter I interview you, uh, who, who's talked about this topic, and now I got all this content for an article, so I'm optimizing my workflow. But I never thought about that the old workflow was a problem. The new workflow is much better, but I didn't think that I had a problem. Do you see what I mean? It's just, it's very, it's kind of interesting to think about that way, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time it's like having another eye on things, um, like someone actually having to tell you something. That's why like what like a lot of good software companies do now, like how they sell a lot of people is like they show them like, okay, hey, let's say take your um, Google, like the document going back and forth, like, okay, you guys have been sending um, a Google Doc back and forth all this time. Why don't you try Google Docs where you can comment in the same doc, you can have the same conversation, you don't have to send multiple emails, you just could tag each other in the same doc. And just showing them like how easy the future is. Um, I think that is like how these sales people do it so well, like is really showing them, telling them that story. Like today you're doing that. Like I said before, today you're doing this, tomorrow you're going to do that. And I think it's same with marketing too. It's like you start by showing someone what they're currently doing, their problems, their pains, or like, even if they don't see it as a pain, you make it a pain. Um, and then you show them what the future will look like and how much better their life will be by doing this. Um, yep. So Service Titan, right? ServiceTitan.com. That's the website. Mm -hmm. So you work with contractors, right? And, and you, you mentioned, which is interesting, the example you gave is so i actually worked with an editorial team before and this is maybe a few years ago now but they were still using baggies for approvals right mm -hmm. printed piece of paper checklist which you know of course there's much better ways to do it and they did change what they were doing um, and i think it was forced a little bit because they used to all be in one place and then they started being distributed so you can't carry around a baggie right to somebody in a different city but when you're talking, when, when you're talking to contractors and they're doing everything on um, on paper, how do they get to the point? How do you talk about what Service Titan can help them with? Uh, how do you get them to the point that they're even interested? Yeah, that's a, a great point. I mean, I think that they you sell them on how much time they're going to save. You sell them on like what their future. A lot of these contractors... Um, have the pain of like they're wearing so many hats they're they're in the office all day they don't have time with their family they don't have their t time to go golfing with their friends because they're working all day and a lot of it's because of their 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 tasks that are so manual um so it's 
going deeper than just like the benefit of the product of like getting revenue and optimizing your process. It's also you're change you're you're helping change their daily life. You get more time with their family. They get more time golfing. You get to go and take your first trip. Um, so we 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 use that type of motion to connect with them, um, and we actually have like a good internal. We have what's cool about service time. I think is we we some like the head of customer success and customer relations have been in the business and ran a business from zero to hundreds of employees, and they know like the pains of being in that type of industry. So I sit with them a lot and understand like what pains they went through and understand what they, they come to me and tell me like the stories of they, they hear every single day. And we use that in our marketing to help relate to the current situation that they're, they're experiencing. So I'm a big technology fan, big fan of automation, big fan of using the tools that work, especially the tools that work on every device, right? I mean, I'm on my iPad, iPhone uh, all the time, uh, especially when I'm traveling. Of course, currently there's no travel going on during the uh, COVID pandemic. Of who knows how much longer that's that's happening. Uh, you're in uh, you're in California, right? Yes, I in Los Angeles. So as we're recording that, I, I think California is now shut down again, I guess. That was the latest I heard. Yeah, LA's been um, shut down for a while. Um, but the whole of Southern California is now shut down, which is crazy. It is crazy. Who who knows how much longer it's 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 going on here. Uh, and hopefully everybody stays uh, safe and healthy as much as you can out there while still working. Um, the So I love technology. But I always joke, automation also needs to be supervised, right? Is this trigger correctly? Is that working? Is I mean, we had Casey Cheshire, Cheshire on the show. He was talking about lead scoring. And, you know, I always catch examples where the lead scoring didn't work very well, where I disagree with it, right, when I look at what they actually did. Um, so you have to kind of fiddle with it. Uh, so, it, again, as you said, you have to learn new things and you have to unlearn maybe some of the old processes, but what kind of cadence do you think are we looking at? How often do I have to learn new things? I mean, is it a daily thing or weekly, monthly? Uh, what do you think is a realistic cadence just for people to wrap their head around it? Um, for me, like unlearning usually comes from learn continuous learning. And I think the more I continuously learn, the more I'm coming up with data to prove like things that I thought in the past were wrong. Um, so I think it is a daily thing of learning. I don't think unlearning happens all the time, but I think since the way I think of unlearning is if you think of consumer focus, you're the, if you follow your audiences, their patterns are changing all the time. Like, their attention spans are shrinking the the time where what device they're on what platform they're on is always changing um even like from go now and i'm a huge believer of this of doubling down on content now like the way they buy way consumers buy now are different so you have to keep them being in tune in that and i love how gary v says that he day trades on attention um because there, you have to keep 
looking for that new platform, but also, which is 10% of the time, I feel like, and then double down on the platforms that are working, but always following your audience. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to your audience. And, you know, audience changes, user behavior changes. And uh, I still love, I believe it was Scott Westwater. He was on the show. Uh, of course, uh, Scott and Susan run uh, Pragmatic Digital, uh, a voice uh, consultancy, basically. And the, the example he gave, so if, if you want to go back to that show, it's a fantastic show to listen to. Um, also, quick plug on that. Uh, I'm actually still speaking at Content Marketing World this year. It's going to be virtual, contentmarketingworld.com. Uh, if you want to register with my code, TRAP100, $100 off. Uh, it's going to be virtual. So not exactly the same experience as going to Cleveland like we all do every year for many of us. But um, anyway, my point was, um, before I digressed into the uh, inline commercial here, Scott said, um, back in the day, people said nobody will ever use their phone and enter their credit card. Nobody will use their phone to shop. Nobody will use their phone to do whatever, all the stuff we do now, right? So stuff changes all the time. And of course, he was saying that in the context of uh, voice devices, right? Uh, more and more people, millions and millions of people are using that. How, what are your tips to stay ahead of the audience, Daniel, to, to figure out, or maybe not ahead, but at least uh, side by side, knowing what they're doing um, and, you know, to be helped to, to, to stay in front of them at the right time. I, how do you, how do you do I that? I think it's a couple of things. One is actually talking to your audience, which I think a lot of marketers say they do, but don't do. Um, I think also is just observing people day to day. I think it's a little harder now since, especially in LA where we're trapped indoors, but you can also assume that a lot of people are home because of that, but I don't think assuming is the right thing to do. I think it's talking to your customers, asking them what platforms that they're using, um, having the conversations with them, ask them how they're spending their day. Um, and also just for me, like I said, again, observing, I think you can watch how things are changing um, by looking at human behavior um, and where they're going to. And what's, so I, <laughs> I, I agree with you. People say they talk to their customers, but they really don't, right? Or they, they ran into one person on the plane or something. Um, and, and that's, uh, they're counting that as their research. But how many, how many customers do you need to talk to and how often and how much, I mean, I'm, here's the reason why I ask is when I grew up in journalism, right? You had 80,000 people reading your stuff or more and two people complained about something and all of a sudden they are, the deciding factor of what we're going to do next, right? Even though uh, 79,998 didn't say a word, they just read it. Uh, wh what's the right balance in your opinion? How many people do you need to talk to? How often? What's the cadence? Uh, and maybe how do you find them? I think it's talking with customer success to ask them, like, what are the customers we should talk to? Um, and another thing just to add to it, I think, a lot of the way I think of doing marketing is that I spend 80% of times on platforms that are working. And then I have like a 20% of time that we're testing new platforms. And that's by just keeping up with other marketers. It's keeping up with 
marketing news it's keeping up with stuff and then also like okay let's today let's we are always testing and i think like that's something that is you hear a lot of marketers say is just test 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 but it also if testing different platforms like for example if you're not running a podcast like let's test it out and see how if our audience is there but even podcasts that's a pretty bad example but um let's say linkedin ads like some people will tell you it's not working but let's try it and see with a smaller budget and see if it works yeah and so that's interesting always to uh, what what success have you had on linkedin um we actually see some success we're actually retesting it so it's funny like a couple before i came here and it was probably a year at, at service tight and they they gave up on linkedin ads and i think we're going back to there because i'm actually seeing contractors and st stuff engage with my posts and i've seen them engage with people on my team's posts and it's proven that they're actually on there. It's just, I, I wrote a post the other day that I think a lot of people blame the platform too quickly when they don't look at their ad copy, their creative, their um, landing pages, their audience targeting. Like they just say, oh, LinkedIn doesn't work. Um, and they don't, they don't have like the self-awareness to say, actually my marketing might suck right now which is funny. <laughs> well, <laughs> so actually I, I'm going to try to pull it up here while, while, uh, while we're talking. Um, I actually did a Twitter poll on that same topic, what you just said. But one of the things we really truly need to unlearn, Daniel, in my opinion, is the, the, the process that we put people through to create ads or anything, right? Of course your marketing sucks when you have to go through a 59-step process, right? And 40 of those people don't have a clue about marketing. I mean, I just, I think it was actually on the Hardcore Marketing podcast where I heard this. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Kyle Lacey. Don't remember the, 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 uh, where he works currently without pulling that up, but he's a CMO somewhere. And he said, yes, there you go. And he said, why do we think that salespeople can run a marketing team without ever having done marketing, <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's crazy, right? But again, like those are some of the processes we need to unlearn, right? Why is the process so difficult? Why are people, uh, why is it so difficult to create something? So I, I do appreciate that comment for sure. Um, how, earlier you mentioned human behavior. How about human behavior on your team? I mean, I remember when I grew up in journalism, I mean, this is how it is. The end, this is the workflow. This is how we do it. Paper comes out every day. Even in my early days in marketing, this is kind of how it is, no changes. How do you, how do you, uh, how does human behavior as part of a team have to evolve? It's funny, um, I think a lot, and I've seen a lot of marketers say this lately, but it starts, I think for marketing specifically, the CEO has to get marketing for mar your marketing to be successful um, and then stop thinking of it as a, like a sales support function because it's not anymore. So sales support function because it's branding, it's content creation. It's so much bigger than that. 
um, and actually see like how powerful marketing is. But also there are companies, this is also a company by company basis that there are companies that people are stuck in your way and you can't change it. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to work in an environment like that um, where you have a difference of opinion, but they just stuck. It's, um, and I've, I've had, I've worked with some team members in the past that you would suggest something and they would totally write it off because they thought their way is the highway. Um, they were not open-minded. And this goes back to why I, part of the reason I came up with that comment of unlearning is I think it comes with open-mindedness, like open-mindedness to test new things, open-mindedness to um, try new things and not say, we've always done this this way. Sorry, your idea doesn't matter. It's definitely a new way to learn. The other thing, uh, or to unlearn, I guess, rather. The other thing I do want to mention really quickly, uh, I am a big fan. I'd be interested to hear your opinion on these kind of um, certificates. Daniel, we did a show uh, not too long ago with Hanson Hunt and Justin Champion, uh, you know, one of the, the professors at the HubSpot Academy, and Hanson has his own um, company, Chief uh, Certified Mastery.com. Uh, and, you know, we talked about uh, certificates. Uh, I'm a big fan of those, or, or some of them at least. You know, I learned about conversational marketing and, and, and other things and content marketing. I got certified even after I've done that for a while. Is that one way people can learn to, to take certifications or, or how do you, how do you feel about that? Um, so certifications in my point of view, I think a lot of them are filled with best practices. That doesn't mean it necessarily works for your company. Um, I think some certifications are good. I think that it's good to take them. And I, I think it's really good even like for earlier career to, have a resume booster to have these certifications. I actually see the certifications more of a something to boost your resume than learning. Cause I think there's also a lot of other sources where you can go and learn. Like I learned a lot from just doing, um, I think like actually putting in the work. And I also think they're the old copywriters out there and the old marketers out there I think they did it better than anybody else because they had it so much harder than we did. Um, we have it pretty easy. We can easily target people on Facebook. We can easily, technology has made it so easy to buy where but back in the day they had to um, send out a, a ad in the newspaper and someone would literally have to send in a mail order to convert that person, which is so crazy to me. Like we're, we have it so easy now. Um, that's why I love old marketers. And the time, right? I mean, I just, I mean, like today, like I fiddle with my campaigns every day, right? Sometimes I turn one off. Sometimes I start a new one. Sometimes I update the creative and back in the day, you're right. You have to send in a change order uh, by fax mm -hmm. or, mail i guess or drop it drop it by very interesting daniel i do appreciate you sharing all these tips on how people can move forward unlearn what they don't need to use anymore and evolve um their knowledge uh, we mentioned it earlier briefly uh, on uh, people can connect with you on linkedin i think yeah, i would love to, that, to connect right? with anybody that'd be great 
Awesome. Uh, remind people how they connect with you. How do they find you? Uh, and if there's any other uh, sites you want them to check out. Yeah, so well. you can go to my profile. It's Daniel Murray. Um, there's a lot of Daniel Murray's on there. So uh, if you go to Daniel Murray backslash in backslash Daniel dash Murray dash marketing, or you can type in Daniel Murray service Titan and, uh, and I'll show up and I would love to connect with anybody. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for sharing your insights. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh, until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Music